What's happening? Hello, hi. Hello, hi, what's going on? It is your morning ritual with me, Gary Lewis. KNSTAM 792 Tucson's most stimulating talk, of course. Happy, happy Trump Day. We are uh, finally here. They're all nervous about that, by the way, about the fact that it's it's uh, Trump Day in that aspect. But of course, there are three things that I think you need to know, and uh, they are brought to you by Strong Built Plumbing Air and Solar. Um, the uh, the good old number one, the good old number one is a federal judge. A federal judge has has said. Hold your horses. Hold your horses, United Airlines. I am blocking your uh, your employee vaccine mandate. So I'm stopping you from doing that. This could have a big, giant domino effect on every other entity, whether it's a business, a government, from uh, from doing this as well. And we'll get into that. Second thing, I think you need to know a uh, a south, yes, a southwest. Airlines whistleblower telling PJ Media, yeah, the 2000 canceled flights, totally coordinated, totally coordinated. Uh, also, this whistleblower, again, if we, after the White House and everybody, oh, this is weather, it's weather. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This whistleblower said there are 22 airlines besides them, along with truckers and other transportation employees that are involved and more disruptions are going to happen. Yes, more are going to happen and that. It gives you it gives you a nice little warm and fuzzy when you hear something like that, right? Uh, third thing that I think you need to know is that uh, Jen Psaki bomb, and maybe this should be the first, but hey, three or three, good, right? Um, Jen Psaki bomb says the quiet part out loud and admitted. We have the audio to prove it that Joe Biden wants to make fundamental changes to our economy. And he's going to exploit the China virus to make it happen. Hey, who else said they wanted to make fundamental change to America? Oh, yeah, the guy that's that's actually running everything right now, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's what's happening there. All right, three things I think you need uh, to know. So, um, seven oh five this morning, by the way, just to give you a heads up, it, it, it's kind of a piggybacking off of yesterday's show, and if you missed it, you missed a lot. The information is still on my social media, on Instagram and Twitter at Garrett Lewis, Facebook.com. That's Garrett Lewis Radio. The, the emails from a Pima County employee, a health department employee that didn't, wasn't supposed to get out, showing basically how there are five, just five ICU beds available. Uh, and it's not COVID patients. COVID patients are only 22% of ICU beds. Uh, it's the staffing problems, the staffing issue. Anyway, this is really affecting people, and people are dying because of it. Uh, we're going to have Dr. Josh Dobko, an ER doctor, uh, who actually has experienced this. Um, we have hospital policies. Uh, it's all over the country. It's all over the state. But let's focus here in Pima County. TMC, Banner, Carondelet. Their policies on the vaccination mandates are literally causing people to die. These are hospitals supposed to care for for people that 
that are sick, right? And they're causing people to die. So 705, he's going to join us about that. 805, we have a couple of uh, a great young people. Uh, Justine Wadzak, Rachel Jones, they're running for, uh, for office. Uh, but they're also fighting for people's medical freedom, and they've been doing a lot. They're not even, dude. They they're not even elected. They're running. Rachel Jones is running for uh, the state house in LD10. Justine Wadzek, state senate in LD10. And and they're organizing and helping border patrol agents, Raytheon employees, you name it, fight back against these COVID shot mandates. Doing a hell of a lot more than the current slugs we have in office. Uh, yeah, Fincham, uh, who walks around with a permanent mirror in front of his face. And, uh, and then you have Vince Leach, who's just completely useless. I have more on that in a little bit. Uh, and, and they're not going to replace them. Corey McGar is going to, he's going to replace Vince Leach. Uh, but but the, they're, they're just doing great work. And, and they're going to be in Studio 805 offering hope. There's, there's now a lawyer involved. And, um, and it's, it's, it's may, let me tell you something. You'll hear about it. It's affecting Banner Hospital to start, okay? So we'll get to that. Uh, this is what I'm being told. So that, that's at 805. Um, but this idea that, that the Southwest 2000 canceled flights was anything but, um, a a protest, a sick out, whatever you want to call it. Of course it was. Of course it was. You want to hear insanity before I tell you about the whistleblower said, can you play, uh, number 48? If you don't mind, Michael is in this morning for Ryan, um, Ryan, uh, taking well-deserved a couple of days. Um, number 48, this is uh, Jen Psaki bomb asked about the, uh, the vaccine mandate impact on business and airline travel and things like that. Uh, listen, uh, no, 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 uh, it should be the next one. It, unless you just title it differently. You didn't because it's titled different. It, it's the mandates not reducing the workforce. You got that one? You ready to go? That's 49. Okay, cool. Listen to this. Here we go. What's his answer? What's the White House response to people who say vaccine mandates have um, reduced the workforce and contributed to this problem? Well, I know uh, world-renowned um, business travel and health expert Senator Ted Cruz has made that point, but um, I wouldn't say that that is widely um, uh, acknowledged or echoed. Uh, by um, business leaders who have implemented these mandates, uh, by health experts who have conveyed the way to get out of the pandemic is to uh, ensure that we're doing exactly the steps the president has announced and we're working to implement. Uh, It doesn't mean this isn't hard and challenging. Of course it is. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. But ultimately, the job of the president of the United States is to lead, is to follow the advice of health experts, is to ensure that he is protecting the lives of people across the country. So I know there was a little um, hubbub over the course of the last few days uh, about uh, Southwest Airlines. We now know that some of those claims were absolutely false and Ah, actually the issues were uh, completely unrelated to vaccine mandates. Completely unrelated. Completely unrelated. All right. So uh, this whistleblower, and this is phenomenal. PJ Media has this. uh, And the whistleblower says, yes. It it totally was a quote. It's a coordinated protest, end quote. That's the source talking to PJ Media, and they confirm it's pilots, gate agents, flight attendants, and others. They're fighting back against this. They've coordinated on social media platforms. They say this is a very pivotal moment in America. 
quote, we know we can stop this, the whistleblower said. And if we don't do it now, it'll be too late. Everyone is very excited. Everyone is very excited. Of course they are. The insider said about the the news, quote, they're all going to look like fools soon. That'd be nothing new for the fake news media. <laughs> and again, 22 airlines, along with truckers, other transportation employees, represented in their ranks and more disruptions are to come they're all joining this website freedomflyers.org freedomflyers.org uh that's the website yesterday during the show i played uh one of the pilots that organized it uh uh josh yoder he was on tucker's show and he said 30 percent of the pilots are fired because they won't uh they won't take the vaccine you'll see massive disruptions in in the supply chain as if it's you think it's bad now what's going to happen then because it's not just pilots, it's everything you order from Amazon or whatever company. Um, so this is a big deal. This is a big deal. One more, one more for you real quick, then we've got to go to break. Um, can you put this soundbite with Sean? Uh, this is the pilot that made the first video that went viral, where he, he's showing his face and he said, we're standing up to this, right? We're standing up to this. And uh, 46, yeah, listen, listen to this. This is, he was talking to Newsmax. Listen to what uh, this, this pilot had to say. Here we go. It's growing by tens of thousands. I mean, thousands every day. We're in the number of tens of thousands. And honestly, it's growing so fast now we can't even keep track because. Can't even keep track. Can't even keep track. Uh, that's a big deal. Huge deal. Huge. Can't even keep track. Um, so what, what, what does that mean now? Where is that going to go? That's a, that's a great question. Um, however, uh, this, this movement is not going away anytime soon. Uh, it's only going to keep growing, and this is where it's really going to impact so many Americans. I'll get into the details of what the judge said, because Unite, dude, United is an evil company. Uh, not, the people, not all the people that work there. I mean, maybe some that buy into it. But the management up top, you name it. Wait till you hear not only were they forcing a, um, uh, uh, of course, the COVID shot mandate, but other things they were forcing their employees to do. It's just crazy. I have that coming up. Don't go anywhere. It is KNST. Yes, what's happening? Garrett Lewis with you right here. KNST AM 790 Tucson's most stimulating talk. Got a great email this morning. People are like, we're out in Hawaii listening on the, they listen to the show, listen to the podcast. Anyway, they're also letting me know that apparently, because Hawaii's insane, like, it's not even worth going to Hawaii. I think they make everybody go through some kind of two-week quarantine once you land there. Uh, but apparently, he said, uh, uh, they said people are protesting so often, hundreds of people. Um, and and it, we just can't comply anymore. We just have to stop. We just have to stop all of this. That's, uh, that, that's, that's what's needed. That's what's needed. Um, so let's get to this story uh, about... Well, this lawsuit, really, and United Airlines, um, just flat out evil. They, they said they're up to 99% uh, compliance. They were rejecting people's religious and, and, uh, and, and uh, 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 medical excuses, medical exemptions. They were just rejecting everything. But a federal judge in Texas put a temporary restraining order against United Airlines. They blocked them from imposing their vaccine mandate. Why? Because their employees filed a nationwide class action lawsuit. Um, and this, this is great. This is, this is fantastic. Uh, this could be the first of its kind in the country against a coronavirus vaccine mandate. 
So United Airlines is prohibited from placing employees with religious and medical, medical exemptions on unpaid leave until October 26th, while this litigation continues. The judge also stopped the airline from denying any employee requests for religious or medical exemptions. United Airlines said the cutoff date for that is August 31st. Judge said no, no, like enough is enough. Don't be stupid. You're going to continue offering that, so just just stop. Just stop. Now, um, United first said to their employees, you have to be vaccinated for the China virus by September 27th or face termination. Um, and they said any employees with exemptions would still be considered employed, but they'd be placed on unpaid leave and lose their benefits for up to six years. You believe this? So you're not fired. You're just not getting paid. Oh, that's going to work out well. And you lose your benefits for up to six years or until the airline deems pandemic conditions safe for unvaccinated employees to return. That's that's nuts. You just can't work. I mean, again, if that's not a violation of civil rights, I don't know what is. That's like telling somebody it's in a wheelchair. Yeah, you just, you just can't have a job here. Can't do it. We're not going to pay you. So the class action lawsuit represents up to 2,000 United Airlines employees. Um, and this is insane. United Airlines, and, and I didn't hear about this. Of course, media didn't want you to know. There was an internal memo that Breitbart News got where the memo states that unvaccinated employees, right? Uh, this is this was they fight the, the employees filed the lawsuit. And this is really what spurred it on is United Airlines said any unvaccinated employees have to wear N95 or KN95 respirator masks at all times, effective October 2nd. We have to wait for the outcome of the litigation, so you have to do it. I'm like, wait, what? That's why one of the reasons they filed the lawsuit. And United said you have to wear it at all times in all United locations, all the respirators, including outdoors, outdoors including on the aircraft, personal or business travel. You may remove the mask, the N95 or KN95, only when you're actively eating or drinking, but you must put it back on in between bites and sips. This is what they said. In between bites and sips, which goes against what the health experts say, which is stop touching your mask, N95 or KN95. You violate it, you can be fired. Could be fired. Um, by the way, this is a big deal because the according to the uh, lawsuit, they said that this order to wear the respirator, this mandate, violates OSHA guidelines. <clears throat> Under the program, OSHA requires employee, employers to take several precautions to guarantee employee safety. This didn't happen. This didn't happen. Um, and apparently, some United employees got hurt because of these N95 and KN95. Um because the, uh, some of these employees were forced to wear these respirators, one agent fainted, resulting in a broken clavicle, torn rot- rotator cuff, and torn meniscus. A flight attendant allegedly fainted and fell into a jump seat. A baggage handler working in extreme heat, probably in Phoenix, up to 120 degrees in an aircraft belly, passed out, fell face first on a belt loader, suffered even more injuries. Another agent allegedly fainted while in the office, and paramedics were called in, and they had to cut the respirator off the employee's face. Off the employee's face. 
There are major side effects if to wear this. And they want them to wear it for hours and hours on end. This is evil. Very evil. And this is after there was a flight October 3rd, just 10 days ago. One day after they put the uh, respirator policy into place. Apparently there was a flight going from Newark, New Jersey to Mumbai, India. And one of the pilots tested positive for the China virus. Pilot was hanging around, all this other stuff. They didn't make the employees who were all around shaking hands with the pilot, everything else. They didn't make the employees not go on the flight. They still went with the flight. So they're saying, you didn't want to keep us safe. Not at all. It's a big deal. Matter of fact, when I get back, I have another soundbite. You want to hear uh, Pure Evil, the CEO, Scott Kirby. He was asked about the religious exemptions. He mocked them. I'll play that for you when we get back. Do not go anywhere. I have so much more for you. Morning Ritual, Garrett Lewis, KNSTAM 790, Tucson's most... All right, 6.30, Gary Lewis with you right here. KNSTAM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. All right, so um, I, I, want you, uh, I want you to hear, this is, this is a, uh, the, hang on, I'll tell you when to put up. It's the CEO of United Airlines, Scott Kirby. He was like happy. He was so happy when he was able to fire uh, a whole bunch of people. We're going to force the vax, we're going to fire some. He was happy to an interview, I think it was on CNBC. Um, throw me up over here. Breitbart got this flight ops town hall, a virtual internal town hall. Um, and uh, the CEO, Scott Kirby, is asked a question. Can you throw me up over here on this computer if you don't mind? Thank you. Um, about, about how difficult it is for his own United Airlines employees to actually obtain a religious exemption. Uh, listen to this. Um, we, we do have a couple questions with respect to uh, vaccine. Um, one of them is from Anonymous here. It says, I've been told by management pilot that pilots who get the approval to use the wrap for medical or, re- or religious reasons uh, to avoid the COVID vaccine, they would still be on the United seniority list. However, they will stay home and not be paid. Is this really how United plans on handling this very yeah. sensitive issue? I don't think so. I, um, I don't know. Um, I don't know. You bet. That, that is a question I don't know. Hang on. Literally, it said in the the CEO. I mean, I read it to you, and I have more coming up in a second. But I literally read to you that the plan was: if you are unvaccinated, they're going to keep you home and not pay you, and you're going to lose benefits for up to six years. It's his old. He's the CEO. He's like, I, I don't try. Should I admit this? Should I not? Um, although I don't think that's the case. Uh, hmm. By the way, there are going to be very few people that get through the medical um, and religious exemption. There's some pretty strict rules uh, about that. So I would encourage any pilot that's decided they all of a sudden, uh, or any employee that's all of a sudden decided, I'm really religious um, and I'm going to say I'm going to get. You know, you're putting your job on the line. You better be very careful about that. Yep. Yep. You heard it. All of a sudden, you get really religious. I mean, I know your relationship with God. And you know what? Even if it's true, it doesn't matter. Like, this guy knows every single one of the 67,000 employees he has. Dude, this guy is just he's evil. These are, these are bad human beings. They're bad, bad, bad human beings. So uh, so that's that's what's going on right there. 
Um, United Airlines, let's hope, again, let's hope that this this could be a big deal. Um, it's reported here, again, the, the judge that made the ruling that stopped this, a President Trump appointee named uh, Judge Pittman. He's going to hold a uh, hearing in the case Wednesday, today. Should go about six hours, hear arguments. This is one of the largest cases of its kind and again, it could create a big effect that leads to other vaccine mandate cases across the country if the judge leans in favor of the airline's employees. So this is a big deal going on today. Big deal. I have uh, much more coming up for you. Um, I Man, I have, I have a lot to get here. Uh, maybe some, uh, some, some more Jen Psaki bomb fakeness. I got to get to a, a, you know, mother of the year. A mother of the year story. This... This will warm your hearts. Oh, yeah. The mo- what this mother did for her son. Oh, boy. We have it all coming up. Don't go anywhere. Morning Ritual, Garrett Lewis, KNST, AM790, Tucson's most SanitAZ.com. All right, Garrett Lewis with you. It is your morning ritual, KNST, AM790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Three things I think you need to know. Uh, number one uh, is is the fact that uh, let's put it this way, uh, and we'll I'll, just, I'll play the sound bites in a second to, to prove it. Uh, Jen Psaki bomb says the quiet part out loud. She says uh, Joe Biden wants to exploit the China virus to fundamentally change our economy. Yep, that's right. That's what he wants to do. This is you never let a crisis go to waste. Uh, he she basically you know channeled her boss, the inner Obama, that said he wanted to fundamentally change America as well. Second thing, I think you need to know United Airlines. And I just told you about it. If you missed it, missed it. Um, they filed a class action suit, about 2,000 employees, and a judge in Texas, federal judge, Trump appointee, said, yep, United Airlines, I am blocking you from imposing your employee vaccine mandate. They're going to go back to court today. Uh, if the judge sides for the employees, this could have a big effect on every business in the country and the governments too, by the way. Third thing I think you need to know, a Southwest Airlines whistleblower talks to PJ Media, confirms, yes, the 2,000 canceled flights were a totally coordinated protest, and there are 22 other airlines along with truckers and other transportation employees involved and look for more disruptions coming very soon. So, um, they're excited. They are doing everything they can to disrupt everything to say, don't force us to get this shot. They will bring Biden to his knees. I think it's great. And the Democrats to his knees. Three things I think you need to know uh, before we get to to more of this and, and the evidence you want to hear um, about. About the the Pasaki bomb lies and everything else. I've had this story, and i got to give credit to my dad. My dad sends me a thousand. He just sits there. I would send the story. sits in a chair, sends a story. So he sends me a story about, uh, about a mother who has one son that was shot by the police. Right? Uh, her son was shot and killed by police. Madera, California woman. She received $4.9 million in a settlement. After her son was shot fatally by police. Her name is Christina Lopez. $4.9 million. Her 16-year-old son was shot by police. Well, apparently, um, apparently, uh, not not a good person. She now got busted. For one son shot and killed by police. Who knows what this kid was doing? $4.9 million. She now got busted 
buying guns for her other son who belongs to a gang. She was buying guns for her son and his fellow gang members. She was trafficking guns. Yep. The Fresno County District Attorney said clearly this family has been seasoned in this type of behavior. She's continued now to take the money from her settlement that she received from the city of Fresno to buy a home where she lives in addition to spreading thousands of dollars of guns, uh, spending thousands on, on guns, that she has then in turn given to her 14-year-old son. She bought the guns, gave them to her son to give to gang members, probably to sell. She now faces 22 counts of gun trafficking charges. Um, conspiracy to provide firearms to a minor for the benefit of a street gang, child endangerment, all this stuff. All this stuff. Yep. Mother of the year. Jeez. One son is killed. You don't you feel bad? One son's killed, then she will the other one. Here you go. These people are sick. They're sick. All right, speaking of sick. Um let's uh let's get to it. Michael, I'm gonna guess because we're off on the numbers, okay? We're gonna we're I'm gonna guess here. Um, but I want you to hear Jen Pasaki bomb literally admit the quiet part out loud. We are using and exploiting the China virus to fundamentally change America, fundamentally change our economy. Listen to this. Here we go. The president wants to make fundamental change in our economy, and he feels coming out of the pandemic is exactly the time to do that. Wow. And if we don't do it now, if we don't address uh, the cost of child care, to go back to Josh's question earlier, if we don't uh, address the climate crisis, if we don't ensure that universal pre-K is a reality now, wow. uh, we're, we're not going to have the same opportunity to do it for some time. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Um. So we have the China virus, and we're going to say, because of the China virus and all the pain and suffering you went through, we're going to make college free for illegals. Free childcare, free this, free it. What does that have to do with the China virus? Nothing. But they figure people are down and out, now's our time to get it through. I, I, I'm not going to say I can't believe she said it. She's not the brightest bulb, and she's just a, she's just a gigantic liar. So yeah, there it is. Never let a crisis go to waste. That needs to be just put out there. People, There are people that are actually suffering. They are actually suffering. They're suffering because of the government. I mean, look at, look at the, the business owners can't hire people, right? Um, it came out yesterday, and, and I, I put this on, I put it on my Instagram. I believe I retweeted it. Do you know uh, 4.3 million people quit their jobs in August? Four point three. Why do you think they quit their job? Highest since I think the the turn of the century. Why do you think they quit their jobs? Think it was the vaccine mandate. Think that had something to do with it. Four point three million people quit their jobs. How's that whole uh, How's that whole plan working out, huh? So when Biden came out and said, "You know, the vaccine mandate," we played the sound by the vaccine mandate is the biggest. Job stimulator that we can have. Well, actually, it's causing people to want to quit their jobs. It's not causing them to actually stay there. They they don't want this. They don't want this. Um. So that that was uh, that was a big one right there. Now, when it comes to uh, let's do uh, forty eight and forty nine. We'll do one at a time. One at a time. 
uh, Jen Psaki bomb uh, talking about Texas, right? The Texas governor, Greg Abbott, who is not a conservative. He is a doocy rhino, but he wants to keep his job. He wants to be governor for another term. So he is doing things conservatives like this is not his normal thing, right? Uh, he, he mocked businesses that stayed open. He, he shut them down during the China virus. All of a sudden, he gets two conservative challengers, and Don Huffines and and uh, and Alan West, and all of a sudden he starts being tough on the China virus. Alan West gets the China virus and tweets out on Sunday. Now he's even more, uh, more determined to to fight vaccine mandates, even with the China virus. And the next day, all of a sudden, yeah, you, you have. Abbott come out and say, we are now banning executive order, banning any entity from forcing a COVID shot on a, on an employee or a consumer, the whole state of Texas. And then Don Huffines basically came out and said that he'd do the same thing. So he reacted to these people, right? He reacted. So Texas is doing the good thing. Ducey, it'd be nice if Ducey did the same thing. Um, it'd be nice if Vince Leach had a clue, the state senator that needs to be replaced in LD11. He will be replaced by Corey McGar. Because Corey McGar would also side and push for every vaccine mandate to be banned. Nobody being forced to take a vaccine. Leach is nowhere to be found. So Pisaki Bomb was asked about what's going on in Texas and Florida too, by the way. Florida, we'll do this in the next hour. Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis, unlike Ducey, who has no huevos, uh, actually find a uh, a county in Florida, Leon County, $3.5 million, $3.57 million, because they actually told their own government employees, you have to get a COVID shot or you're going to get fired. And that's against the law. And he said, I'm going to fine you. And unlike Ducey, who said, I'm going to throw lawmakers in jail if they force people to get a COVID shot. Like we're any city, town, county, they force it. You could be any leader that does that. You could be jailed for 30 days. Regina laughed at him, radical Regina. And he did nothing. Well, DeSantis followed through and fined that county $3.57 million. He's got the huevos where Doug, Doug does even have a little couple of chocolate chips. So when asked about this, Pasaki Bomb, play this one here. This is what she said. What is the president's message to businesses in Texas? You mentioned several of them who are based there. Yeah. Um, when it comes to what the federal guidance is now, and now with the state executive order, what would the president say to those companies as they're determining what they should be doing right now for their vaccine mandates? Well, we know uh, that federal law uh, overrides state law. Federal law overrides state law. Did I fall asleep for a while and the Tenth Amendment get repealed? Another lie. Another lie. Um, and then she continued. And then she continued. Let's... Uh, you know, federal law overrides state law. And by the way, what Joe Biden did by saying you have to do this, it's not a law. It's not even a law. It's words. OSHA is just starting to submit a draft to the Office of Management and Budget to see if this is what they want to do. And then there'll be the lawsuits that get tossed in by 18 states. Anyway, uh, continue. Uh, she, she, fe- she followed up the end of the conversation, Jen Psaki bomb with this. But fundamentally, beyond the legal aspect, which is unquestionable in our view, uh, the question for any business leader is, what do you want to do to save more lives in your companies? Emotional. There you go. Screw you. How about you let people have freedom? Maybe, maybe the, I want to save your life. I'm your boss. I'm going to follow you around and make sure you don't buy any potato chips and ice cream. Grocery store. I'm going to make sure you don't drive faster than the speed limit. 
Uh, yeah, it's ah, uh, the, the the law is solid. It is solid. Nothing you could do about it. Nothing you could say about it. Just everything she said there was a lie. We'll continue. Do not go anywhere. Morning ritual. Garrett Lewis. Right nine seven forty nine fifty five. Garrett Lewis with you. It is her morning ritual. KNSTA and 792 sounds most stimulating talk. So I have a lot, a lot to uh, to get to, including and this is this is a big deal. 805, a couple of uh, great people, Justine Wadzak, uh, Rachel Jones running for state Senate and state house, LD10. Uh, they're, they're fighting for medical freedom and they're doing more than actual elected representatives. They are working with some great elected representatives, uh, but the ones in our area are not really doing much. Um, they had a meeting last night. They have a lawyer. They're helping out Raytheon workers, hospital workers. They're going to be in studio. Coming up uh, at about 7.05, going to have a doctor who says the fact that these these COVID shot mandates from hospitals are forcing their employees to quit, get fired, it is actually killing people. Uh, the ICUs are full because there's no staff. People are waiting to get transferred. Uh, wait till you hear the stories. All coming up. Don't go anywhere. He joins me at uh, 7.05. com. All right, 707 on this uh, Trump Day. It is your morning ritual. Garrett Lewis with you. KNSTAM792 sounds most stimulating talk. Three things I think you need to know brought to you by Straubel Plumbing, Air, and Solar. Number one uh, is the fact that uh, Jen Psaki said the quiet part out loud, said, yeah, yeah, uh, Biden is going to exploit this whole uh, pandemic, the whole China virus, to fundamentally change our economy. Yep, going to... We have a pandemic, so we got to give you everything for free to become hooked on the government. That's what he's trying to do. I mean, here it is. Nothing to do with China virus, all about Dems controlling us. Second thing I think you need to know, a federal judge has blocked United Airlines from imposing their employee vaccine mandate for now. Temporary restraining order on it. He's a Trump-appointed judge. This is a big deal. They're going to be in court today. Uh, if this guy sides with the employees, 2,000 United employees filed a class action lawsuit against the company. Uh, this could be uh, this could have some serious reverberations on all of these COVID shot mandates. It's great. Third thing I think you need to know: the Southwest whistleblower comes out. Southwest Airlines talks to PJ Media and says, "Of course, this was the 2,000 canceled flights. Of course, it was a coordinated protest." And there are 22 other airlines that are going to get involved as well with truckers and other transportation employees. On top of that, more disruptions are coming. We're all talking to each other on certain social media sites. Oh, baby. Three things I think you need to know. Weather. Get out of here. Um, so yesterday I talked a lot about, and the information is still on my page at knst.com and on my social media, a uh, lot about how there's only five ICU beds in Pima County available at all the hospitals. And the Pima County Health Department didn't want you to know it. They didn't want you to get nervous. They'll, they'll scare the hell out of you all other ways, but they don't want you to know this because it's obvious the COVID shot mandate is driving so many employees at hospitals out that they don't have the staff to care for people. And it's affecting other hospitals too. Um, and people, people are getting hurt. People are dying over this. Um, one doctor that can, you know, brave enough to actually tell us what's really happening is uh, Dr. Josh Dopko. He's an emergency room doctor. Uh, Dr. Dopko, thank you again for joining us. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great this morning. Thank you. All right. So uh, all this news about the ICU beds, uh, only five available, and only 22% of the ICU beds are being used by COVID patients. Uh, and there were many, many, many more COVID patients and, and ICU beds being used going back to February of this year, November of last year. So all of a sudden, I mean, there's just no staff 
How is that impacting smaller hospitals that are trying to transfer um, people well, waiting to go to ICU beds to, to hospitals here in Pima County? It's quite devastating. It is quite devastating indeed. Um, you have Pima County, you know, that takes care of Tucson and, and Pima County, of course. However, you know, over the history of our medical field in the last 40, 50 years, hospitals have gone from being able to take care of quite a bit of things themselves due to government mandates, really having to outsource that and become basically centers where we take care of the simpler things, we stabilize the more severe things, and send them to the centers of excellence like UMC and TMC and St. Joe's, etc. Um, so P- the hospitals in Pima County are not just there for Tucson. They're there for Cochise County. They're there for Santa Cruz County, for, for um, all of Pinal County and all the surrounding counties in yeah. southern Arizona. And so the policies of Pima County greatly affect us. Um, what we are seeing right now is when I saw that information you put up yesterday, um, it, was, it was not shocking, but it, it is kind of surprising. You know, you look at how many, how many, as people in the industry call it, butts in beds, existed back on the left side of your graph, there were 800 or so patients physically in beds. And that's when we were actually in the pandemic. And now we are at 95, 99% capacity, yet there's only 350, which I find that's exceedingly hard to hard to swallow as you know tmc has 600 licensed beds umc has 650 licensed beds oro valley has 150 those are just ones i looked up while i was waiting to come on this morning with you and those, um, and those, and those are and those, and those are licensed icu beds no those are just licensed just beds. beds for the hospital okay okay so but um so you know you look at these numbers everything's cut in half so 22% of the ICU beds are being used by COVID-19 patients with 79 patients total. I mean, what's their actual bed if they had staff to put them in? You'd be looking at maybe 10% of your beds looking for COVID patients. This, this COVID pandemic is, is a pandemic for the politicians in itself. I'm very, seeing very few COVID patients anymore. The ones I am seeing are not sick. They go home. However, what I am seeing is I'm seeing, you know, you have Dr. Hines and Dr. Collins and Dr. Francisco Garcia who, who spent all their time and effort on, on punishing businesses for mask violations, saying you're literally killing grandmothers if you're not wearing your mask, to now Dr. Hines' policies and Dr. Cullen and all this rhetoric are literally, literally for real killing grandmothers. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. We had just yesterday. I was looking at my bedboard. I have an eight bed ER, eight beds in the whole ER that I have to run patients through. I had a person sitting in my ER for 32 hours waiting on transfer. 32 hours. Um, I had another patient sitting there for 16 hours waiting on transfer. A third patient for three hours waiting on transfer and a fourth person for three hours waiting on transfer. So now I'm, I'm 
in here because I can't get patients to Tucson. I can't get them to Phoenix. Um, I'm now sitting here managing these patients that need higher level care. They need cardiologists. They need gastroenterologists. And that also backlogs the entire community. Other people who are sick that need to be seen in the emergency department but not necessarily be traveled are transferred. They now only have four beds to be worked through as the, these other beds are being tied up. And part of it is, is even in, at the hospitals in Tucson, they're in the same position. They're holding patients in their ERs also. UNC last week had a line of ambulances waiting in queue to drop off people. These aren't just people that walk in the door. These are people that come in by ambulance, and the ambulance are being backlogged and waiting their turn to even be a drop, drop off patients. This is sick. So people are, people are dying from this. You've physically seen that, that while people are waiting to be transferred to to TMC or or banner up here in, in the Tucson area, they they've died while, because there's no beds open because there's no staff to to man the bed. They they've literally died. It's becoming routine. Yes. This is actually happening. It's not the medical field will collapse. It's not that people will die if the policies of people like Matt Hines and Collins and these administrators at these hospitals keep on going forward. It's that they are dying now. You know, it, it typically when somebody, when you come into a rural ER, you know, it's very, very rare actually that you're in my ER, you're sitting in my ER, and you die in my ER. Um, it does happen occasionally, but that's pretty rare on uh, under normal circumstances. Um, most of the time when someone dies in the ER, they're pretty much dead before they get there. But since this has happened, since these bed shortages have occurred, this is not uncommon. It, people will wait 12 hours in the emergency department. Who knows? They may have died once they got to, to Tucson or Phoenix also. But, you know, you're sitting here. You feel helpless. This person needs a specialist. They need intensive care. Um, they, they need some kind of service that the smaller hospitals cannot provide, no, no fault of their own. It's just how government regulations and insurance and the constraints that all these things that have added up on us over the past 20, 30 years have placed on the hospital to where we can't offer those services. They've been outsourced to bigger facilities. And now you're sitting here watching as these people slowly circle the drain and, oh, yeah, you're on a bed list. Jeez, can you can you hang on for me, Doctor Dobko? Uh, I have yeah, more questions about this because I want I want to find out. Thank you, Doctor Josh Dobko. Uh, I wish more doctors were brave and were able to call the show and say exactly what they're seeing, just like Doctor Dobko is. Uh, I mean, I want to find out what the reaction is from his uh, from his colleagues are and 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 so much more. People are literally dying. So yeah, you have the hospitals; they are responsible for this. And why is Pima County hiding this information? Don't let them know there's no ERs, uh, there, there's no, I'm sorry, ICU beds available uh, because there's no staff, because then people get upset that we're mandating these COVID shots. It's just sick. I have more coming up. Uh, he's going to stay with me. Don't go anywhere. It is. Um. All right, 721 continuing. Dr. Josh Dobko is with me here. I'm, of course, Garrett Lewis, KNST AM 790 Tucson's most 
stimulating talk. So, uh, Dr. Dobko, the fact that, that this is happening, right? That, you know, you, you're saying that, well, first off, do you think that this is happening because, have you heard anything? Is it just your best guess that the fact that there's uh, really uh, no ICU beds available, even though there's beds, there's just no staff, is it because of the, the COVID shot mandates that are being pushed by these hospitals? I know personally several nurses who have quit as a result of this. That's just that I know personally. Um, it's not just affecting Pima County. I have a very dear friend. Her first name's Holly. She worked at another hospital in Cochise County, Northern Cochise Community Hospital. They got a new CEO. She's been there about a year. She's a transplant to the community. Holly was born and raised Wilcox girl, worked EMT, worked her way into nursing. She had worked at this hospital for over 10 years. One of the best nurses I know. She now has no job as a result of the COVID vaccine. She was there taking care of patients throughout all of COVID. Um, she takes care of traumas that occur on the freeway. If you guys are going out to Apple Annie's um, over, over the holiday season here to get your pumpkins and you get in a wreck on the freeway, now, when you get taken to that little hospital and stabilized prior to them waiting 23 hours to transfer you to Tucson because of their shortages, um, you will no longer have a nurse that knows the hospital, knows how to work traumas in a rural setting. You'll have a traveler nurse who is making three times the amount of money that Holly was making. Um, and at the same time, You'll, have, you'll be at a hospital that's begging their constituents for continuation in their tax base so that they can get extra funding and afford these nurses. They're paying three and four times the amount because they are firing or having their nurses resign over this. This is, so this is crazy. It, yeah, so I know people personally that this has, has affected. Um, also, you know, it, it's just weird. There's no shortage in administrative staff. There's no shortage in CEOs. There's no shortage in the nurses that take care of all the paperwork and the compliance in hospitals. Those nurses we don't have shortages of. Um, you have shortages of these nurses who have shown up and worked overtime, who have picked up extra shifts, who are getting burned out. Um, and as a result, this is also going to drive up the cost of our system immensely. You know, instead of me transferring patients to Tucson, I'm now sending them up to the north part of Phoenix, um, which puts the lives of air crew in, in jeopardy. I have a patient I could safely transfer two hours to Tucson. However, now I've got to send them five hours to the north side of Phoenix. They're now going on a helicopter. You know, that puts the lives of an entire helicopter crew in jeopardy for something that could go by ground. Instead of a $5,000 transfer, it's now a $45,000 transfer. Tucson Medical Center is paying traveling nurses $110 an hour to come in and pick up shifts. Are they, are, they even, are, are they even getting those positions filled? I mean, I know it's, it's, a, it's a huge amount of money. Are they even, because, you know, they're willing to let go of their own people, like you said, that know patients, know the community, know the hospital, and hire these, these people that are contract workers. No offense to them, 
Um, but they don't know everything better. They're not going to. You're not going to get better service that way. Uh, but are they yeah, getting those those jobs filled? They, well, they are getting some. But then again, imagine this: you've been a nurse working at whatever hospital, and you've been there for eight years. You've been loyal to them. You've shown up on holidays. You've shown up when they call you. You you're asleep, and they call you saying, "Hey, we need you to come in," and you put on your shoes and you go in and. You're making $32 an hour, and now you see somebody who's from out of state who just arrived at your job, and they're making three, four times the amount of money you are. How is that going to make you feel? And, you know, if you go and ask for a raise yourself, they're not going to give it to you. These hospitals are not taking care of their own, um, and then they're bringing in other people. And so... You know, this becomes a domino effect. How many of these nurses see, hey, why am I sitting here for $32 an hour when so-and-so is sitting here for $110 an hour, and now I have the contacts for her staffing agency to where I can go work someplace else? This is all insane. Can you hang on for for one more quick break? Because I want to find out, um, you know, what people can do about this. And, you know, don't you think that if – Pima County knows based on that email. It's still on my page at knst.com. The health department knows. Shouldn't the state know? Shouldn't Ducey do something about this? I want to get your take on this and, and uh, you know, and maybe what, you know, even doctors and nurses can do as well. Don't go anywhere. Dr. Josh Dopko is going to be with me. Stay right here. KNST AM 792 sounds most on KNST. 7.30. It is your morning ritual. Happy Trump Day. Garrett Lewis with you. KNST AM 790 Tucson's most stimulating talk. Dr. Josh Dobko, the ER doctor. Uh, really the only one with the guts to, to speak up publicly like this. I mean, there are plenty of nurses and doctors that are going to protest and things like that. But I, I wish more would, would see this. I mean, do you talk with your colleagues about this and what you guys can do to, to try to uh, bring the attention how bad these mandates are? I mean, it seems to me the Pima County's trying to hide this because they know how terrible it is, right? And and the hospitals are trying to hide it because they know how terrible it is, but we have to expose it so we can get public pressure on them. Yeah, I talk to my colleagues all the time about this. It's most of them that that are disenchanted with this. You know, we all started out thinking that you know COVID was going to sweep through and was going to decimate the population, was going to overrun our hospital system. Um, everybody wanted to do their fair share. And now we're fatigued, we're tired, we're ready to get back to life as normal. And any, and personally, anybody who is not ready to get back to life as normal are the ones who are causing these problems. If you look at these numbers, COVID patients in the hospital in, in Pima County, 213. That's not just for the million people in Pima County, but like I said, that's all the people from Graham County and Cochise County and Pinal County and Santa Cruz County who are sick enough to be in a hospital. 213 out of out of over mil, over a million just in Pima County. That's probably two million people. You know, statistically, that's not even an issue. I mean, are we going to freak out like that over people that are in for diabetes and hypertension? I mean, that's a small number for that many people, yet they're making such a huge deal out of this. And if people don't start speaking up, if they don't stand their ground and they, they do not start, uh, say enough is enough and call their hospital administrators and protest this and write letters um, and demand to be treated like a normal human being um, when they go to these hospitals 
then it's going to be too late. Everybody listening to this will know somebody. They will be related to somebody who dies because of this hysteria over COVID. They're not going to die from COVID. They're going to die from heart attacks. You, this is Things are happening right now and have been happening for the last six weeks to two months that I never dreamed I would see. In 20 years of medicine, I have never in my life seen somebody in, a, in an emergency department, trended their cardiac enzymes, watched their cardiac enzymes go up, document that they've had a heart attack, not be able to transfer them, and then have a cardiologist tell me, well, the damage is done, discharge them, I'll see them next week in my office, and we'll schedule a cardiac catheterization. That thought if you know if you would have told me three years ago that a ER physician would document a heart attack in the emergency department and sit on that patient long enough to where the damage is done and the cardiologist is saying send them home and we'll cast them as an outpatient I would have thought that cardiologist should lose their license that ER doctor should never practice again I've personally done that twice and again, it's only because there's no place to put them at an ICU at TMC or Banner or St. Joe's or or anywhere else. Not even an ICU. You know, if somebody comes in and they have what we call a non-STEMI, meaning their EKG looks pretty decent, that they don't have elevation in their in their EKG, but their cardiac enzymes are up, they don't even need an ICU. This is like a telemetry bed. This is going to the cath lab and getting uh, cardiac catheterization within 24 hours. And now we've sat on these patients waiting on bed so long that the damage is done. You know, there's no point in even sending them to the hospital at this time. Their cardiac enzymes have already hit their peak and are coming back down. And the sad thing is, is that this is becoming so ingrained in us that People are becoming accepting of this. I mean, could you imagine um, a year ago your father sitting in an emergency department and some doctors in, yeah, your dad's having a heart attack. No, we're going to send him home. Yeah, that, that's you sick. You wouldn't have been like, oh, okay. No, you would have been ready to slam that doctor against the wall and demand that they take care of your father. But now it's like, oh, yeah, I understand shortages because of COVID. No, it's not because of COVID. It's because of covid policies and the misguided effort of all these administrators and they've become so fixated on 213 COVID patients. That's nothing. That's almost like the fixation that a meth head would get when they're trying to clean their trailer at two o'clock in the morning and the following morning they have a oven that's perfectly clean but the rest of their house is in complete shambles. Oh my god. You know what, damn it, I gotta call, I gotta hold you over if you can, because I have more questions. Because I, I want to get to it. I mean, if you know this, and a bunch of your doctors know this, and nurses know this, you'd think, and Pima County knows it. You'd think, by the way, that the Arizona Department of Health would know it, right? And if they would know it, why wouldn't they tell Governor Ducey? And what can he do about it? Which I think I know. Can you hang on? Can we talk about that too, if you don't mind? Sure. All right, thank you. That's Doctor Josh Dopko. We're going to continue. This is such a big deal. Don't go any four sold. All right, continuing Garrett Lewis with you right here on KNST AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. I need to continue with Dr. Josh Dopko. This has been fascinating. 
And, and damn it, Dr. Dobko, I wasn't planning on talking to you for this long. No, don't take offense to that. But you're just putting out such information that is invaluable that you, you don't hear about this any in any other form of media. They just... And, and to me, this is what people like. People are like clinging to every word you're saying because we want to know the truth, right? So you're talking again. If you're just tuning in, Doctor Dopko's been on with me since seven oh five, and he's talked about uh, again how these COVID shot policies, the mandates, are making staffers, uh, nurses, surgeons, doctors at hospitals quit, and then they can't see as many people. So there's not as many ICU beds or even beds available. Because they don't have the staff to to care for these people, so people are going to Doctor Dopko's hospital, his ER, and they're literally dying and becoming worse, becoming worse and dying as they wait for these beds to open. But they're not there because there's no staff to care for them, and it needs to be out there. And Pima County knows about this. I mean, wouldn't you, now Pima County sent out that email? You can see it on my page at knst.com, Right? This is not for public use, not for public uh, you know consumption, basically. Um, if Pima County Health Department really cared about people, wouldn't they probably recommend to the hospitals? to stop these policies and get as many workers as they can in there to care for the public? Yeah, it's really, it's really sad. I mean, you, you look at your county supervisor, Dr. Matt Hines, you know, first do no harm. You know, we got to do all this to save the old people. He works in Tucson. He works at Tucson Medical Center, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and he's an overnight ER doctor. He sees all this, but he's not acknowledging yeah, he, it. Right. He knows how few COVID patients there are, yet what is he doing? At every, at every meeting, he's trying to instigate fear. He's trying to drum up fear, and he's trying to push mask mandates, and he knows the numbers. He sees what's happening. He sees what this is doing. So, you know, um, why is he doing that? So when we're talking about what government can do for us to help us with this, you know, you got to look. You got people like Matt Hines who helped co-author Obamacare, which is a program that was designed to fail so that they would have no other choice but to implement um, Medicare for all. Guess what? This is a great way to implicate Medicare for all. You know, once the commercial healthcare system fails all on its own because it can't handle a pandemic when you're talking 213 COVID patients in a hospital in a city the size of, of Tucson, then all of a sudden, you know, we have no choice to go to Medicare for all. And after you've watched your loved one have an exceedingly bad outcome because of delays in care, you'll be begging for that. You know, and then Matt Hines becomes the hero. But, you know, this is almost like experiencing government-run health care. Hey, we don't have the uh, facilities or people to care for you, so you lose. You know, it's not free market. It's it's just it's what the government provides, and it's it's not what we need. So, okay, so Pima County knows this. The Pima County Health Department knows this. Again, I'm not an expert yeah. in any of this stuff. I don't, I don't know if you are in this aspect, but I would think that they would, they would probably want to relay that information of how short we are in ICU beds to the Arizona Department of Health, which is now run well, by a, uh, uh, sorry, it's now run by uh, a Ducey appointed Democrat who is just a waste in Dr. Richard Carmona, who then should probably tell Ducey, hey, we're having a big problem. We don't want enough people to take care of, of sick people. So maybe you should tell or give an executive order and say, no COVID shop mandates because we need people to work. I mean, shouldn't something like that happen where Ducey steps in? It should, but you know Ducey. I mean, yeah. you've seen how it, how it's happened with him. Um, I know I've been exceedingly disenchanted with how he's handled this whole 
whole COVID fiasco. But, um, you know, this, what we're seeing right now does not fit their narrative. You know, I, I work with, I work with a physician who got his COVID vaccines and then got COVID. You know, I've got COVID and didn't get my vaccines. Um, the people I'm seeing, I'm seeing vaccinated people who have COVID. I'm seeing unvaccinated people who have COVID. But this doesn't fit the narrative that Teresa Cullen and Francisco Garcia and Dr. Hines have been pushing for a year. They're not going to come out and say, oh, we were wrong. No, they're going to double down and say, oh, the reason this isn't working is because people are still having private parties at their house because people aren't social distancing. And they're going to push mandates for the Pima County health workers and Pima County workers. Um, They're going to double down on their stupidity. I think they should lose. I think Cullen and Garcia and Hines should lose their medical license, to be honest with you. Like you say, do no harm. They're not even looking out for the best interest of the community. They're, they're just ideologues. They're, they're a danger. No, they're not. They're not. And because I've been so outspoken, um, they harassed my daughter to the point to where she complained to Human Resources. After complaining, they wrote her up, and they realized her mis- their mistake in this and that this was going to lead to a lawsuit. And she's been out on leave for four months. Because she works for Pima, Pima County. She works for Pima County. Well, she's a supervisor at the Pima County Health Department, and because of my, me being vocal against the Pima County Health Department, they harassed her while she was pregnant with a high-risk pregnancy to the point to where she was thinking about quitting her job. And I'm like, no, you're, you're going to get a lawyer. That's what you're going to do. And they ended up putting her out on leave. The Pima County has been paying her. Part of her leave was, was due, to, um, due to delivery and the FMLA, but they've been they've been paying her for four months to sit at home and not work sick. full salary. Sick, sick, and you never hear this yeah. anywhere else. Uh, by oh the, no, yeah, you know, Teresa Collins is you know she spread COVID to the people in the health department. This is what you know, we need to recount all this. She came to work with COVID, saying, "Oh, this is just my asthma acting up," and she became a super spreader through the health department. And this lady wears a mask like a freak everywhere she goes. I wouldn't be surprised if she doesn't wear three masks in her shower. Um, yet she spread COVID through the health department. So, so they're, no, they're witnesses. Hang on. Hang on. So, so she, cause she had COVID and the media never really asked her. She never explained, you know, what it was like, how she went through it, blah, blah, blah. So she came to work not breathing well, not feeling well, blamed it on asthma, still wore the masks because masks were, and, we're told, and still spread it even though she was wearing the mask. Yeah, she's the one mm. who brought COVID into the health department and put put a large number of the health department out because of COVID. And then she goes and gets the COVID vaccine as soon as she can, and she it, it wreaked havoc with her. Um, it she had bad outcomes with this vaccine, yet she's wanting everybody else to do it. You know, wow. that's the kind of ideologues that we're dealing with. They will not let facts, they will not let reason enter their mind. They can, they're so far embedded in this, our government can't change its course right now. This is going to be up to us to say no. We cannot comply our way out of this. We must resist it. We must refuse it, and we must demand 
that these hospitals stop this because it's going to be too late. Yeah. You're going to lose a loved one to a heart attack. You're going to lose a loved one to a stroke. You're going to lose a loved one to sepsis because they're so concerned, concerned with 213 people in a hospital with COVID in a city the size of a million. Now this this is That's a doctor yeah. fed from outside. Yep, and the doctor Josh Dopp goes right here on KNST AM seven ninety. This is incredible. I mean, I wonder if there are other people that can also corroborate your story that she spread COVID to other people. Because I do remember when there was a whole bunch of people that got out uh, that were out sick at the health department here in Pima County because they got COVID. She's the one that gave it to them. Oh yeah, wow. She came in thinking it was her asthma. Yeah, it's my asthma. It's my asthma. You know, because of course it can't be COVID because I drive a Prius and I wear a mask and and I'm virtuous and and I say social distance and stay home and stay safe. See, you know, I, I just have one issue with what you said where you said she you think she wears three masks in the shower. I just don't think she showers. But that's just that's just me. Um Have you seen her? So uh, really, really quick, really quick. Also, Dr. Dopko. There was a story because uh, Dr. Garcia at the at the supervisors meeting last week said uh, superintendents don't want to have the mask mandate again because uh, they want to be able to just tell parents to get their kids the COVID shot. And there's a story from LifeSite News. Uh, a healthy 16-year-old boy in California reportedly died during a Zoom math class 27 days after getting his second shot of the Pfizer COVID-19 injection. And it was, it was already, there was an entry into the VAERS system about this. July 13th, the boy, boy's mother filed a report with VAERS, run by the FDA, indicating her son died 27 days after getting his second dose of Pfizer's experimental COVID-19 vaccine in April. So this poor 16-year-old dies. She said he was perfectly healthy, had a good academic index, wanted to be a civil engineer, is the best thing in my life, and he died while taking his math class on Zoom. They're waiting for the autopsy because the doctors didn't find anything. I'm sorry, go ahead. And, you know, and the sick thing about this is kids, unless you're, unless a kid has adult-type comorbidities, unless that kid has significant chronic illness to begin with, that kid has essentially a 0% chance of having any negative outcome. I have my three grandchildren living in my house with me. I had a party with 60 strangers at my house this weekend. I didn't know these people, half of them. Um, I'd never met them, never talked to them, and I welcomed them into my home. Um, why we didn't screen them for COVID. We didn't take their temperature. They did not wear masks. I didn't ask them if they were vaccinated, and they were around my grandchildren. I'm not an ignorant individual. I've seen COVID. I've seen what it can do, but my concern of my grandchildren getting COVID is exactly zero. I'm much more concerned about them picking up the flu from one of these people I had at my house as opposed to COVID. The children do not have bad outcomes from COVID unless they have diabetes or obesity or leukemia, something like that. And now we are giving them a vaccine that has a small but real risk of causing them real harm. This is criminal. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely criminal. I would never give my children COVID vaccine. And my daughters, they're in their late 20s. They will not get their the COVID vaccine. Um, you know, it, and it just blows my mind. You know, my, most of my friends and 
Most of my family have not been vaccinated. We do not wear masks. We do not social distance. We go about life as normal. Yeah. You know, if you look into the news media, I should have multiple people in my family who have died from this, yep. and I have not. Tell you what, real, real quick, Dr. Dopko, i got about 30 seconds left. What would okay. you like to say to doctors? I mean, you're calling this out. Other doctors are seeing it. What, what would you like to see happen to put pressure on the hospitals to change their policies, put pressure on Ducey, pressure on politicians to end this, this COVID vaccine mandate so we get hospitals that have staff to care for people? You know, should they just come out like you and just all, you know, there's power in numbers. Should they not be afraid of TMC and Banner and these, these big giant uh, administrations? Yeah, we need to stand up. People are speaking in secret. They are speaking in private. Um, but they have to stand, and it's it's frightening. Um, you know, you, there's a risk that you lose your job, but they can't fire us all. They cannot. And, you know, physicians and nurses need to take control of the hospitals again. We need to snag control from these administrators who hide in their offices, who are petrified, who listen to CNN, who do not see the real world. Um, you know, COVID is here. And you, as you can see, there's 213 patients right now in Tucson with COVID that are picking up to be in the hospital. And that's not even true. There's 213 patients that are in the hospital that have COVID. Who knows if they're all there because of COVID? Um, it's here to stay. We got to get used to it. We've got to deal with reality and the sooner we deal with reality and the sooner we stand up and say no this is crap we need to let patients back we need to let patients families back in the hospital you know you're going to have a better outcome if you have a family member in the hospital with you who is your advocate yet yeah. we're locking advocates out of the hospital for this virus yeah. that has to stop we've got to start letting patients back in who cares what that administrator says if the administrator doesn't want us to let in the patients, they need to come in and stop the pa- stop the patient's family themselves. There you go. That that is such a big thing. I we got to get you on again next week uh, when, when more stuff happens. But that's that's such a big deal. Patients' rights. People are finally realizing it's like they're prisoners. They get <laughs> people go to the hospital. They're afraid they're going to die, and then they can't get the the treatment they want. They can't leave, and families can't do stuff. We're going to talk more about that, Doctor Dopko. Thank you again for shining a light on all this. It's very brave, and uh, please be in touch uh, to to relay any more information. Okay. All right, and thank you for having me, and talk with you soon. You got it. We'll get clinicalhealth.com. All right, let's do it. It's uh, it's Trump Day. It's been an incredible show. It's every damn day. I shouldn't say that, because every damn show is incredible. This whole year and a half, I mean, I, I, I want, 11 and a half years has been incredible. But, like, it's just one thing after another after another. And and I shouldn't say this out loud, but I, I can literally do, like, seven hours a day. But I don't get paid to do seven hours a day, and I'd probably lose my mind even more than I already have. So anyway, it's just it's just it's just nuts. So I mean, the last hour with Doctor Dop goes incredible. By the way, Garrett Lewis here on KNST. Um, I have uh, another great uh, couple of people uh, that are that are doing great things. And look, the election was stolen, right? The election was stolen. We we got fired up. We all realized, including me, too late that it, we couldn't have just let Don do it all, right? We should have all just jumped in. The Democrats screwed us. They're bad people. They cheat. Uh, these ideologues are just awful. We're seeing it. So now more people are getting getting fired up, and they're they're getting involved. Um, I mean, you have the Carrie Lakes, you have the Eli Cranes, you have the Blake Masters, you have the Corey Magars taking on the chin bra. Vince Leach, who needs to go because he's a complete waste. Uh, and, and now we have a couple of more ladies that are just getting involved. 
that that are fighting and doing the fighting and working with some lawmakers, but you want to be lawmakers, and don't take that as an insult. Um, but but they're doing more than and people like Fincham walk around with his mirror and his own clothing line of the sugar weasel and Vince who doesn't do anything. Uh, then we had crying Brett who quit. He's quitting Brett. He's leaving because he's a fraud. Um, so we have a couple of great uh, uh, ladies in here who are running in LD10. If that's you, if you're not sure, figure it out. Um, we have Rachel Jones, who's running for State House. And I've been dying to get you in here. You go to the beer clubs because you don't nag. And it's great. Pull, pull that mic closer to you so make sure you don't, you don't have to strain yourself. And, and Justine Wadzak, who's running for State Senate. So we have State House and State Senate, LD10. You're like a dynamic duo, uh, <laughs> like the female version of Ace and Gabby. I'm just kidding. So you, got, you guys are, are doing great things. You are, you're like medical freedom fighters because this, this is what it's come to now. Yes. This is what it's come to now. So you've, I want to get into, I'm just going to preview this so you stay with me. You've, you're talking to a lawyer now. Can't name the lawyer, but the lawyer is working with Raytheon employees, I believe hospital employees. We'll get to all of this stuff. But it's like you're getting a calling now. You've... Have you, and well, let's talk Rachel first. We've had Justine on quite a bit, and we should. Rachel, you're running for, for State uh, House LD10. Yeah. Have, and uh, turn the mic on over there, Michael, if you don't mind. It's on? Oh. You, no, it's not on. Michael? It is on. Okay. Okay, like, sh- share that mic if you don't mind. Sorry. Okay. Uh, maybe that, oh, that's the mic that the engineer we used to have didn't fix. So we're going <laughs> to share the mic. I apologize. So uh, have you ever thought about running for office before? No. Nope. The thought of being a politician, quite frankly, makes me a little ill. I understand. I understand. So you've never even wanted to do this before. No. This is what's inspired you to do. You're like, enough is enough. Well, honestly, back uh, last February, my husband looked at me and said, I think you should run for office. Did he not like you? He loves me. Okay, just making sure. But anyway, he just he thought I was very involved. I was very passionate, passionate. I was very angry after November. And I thought, okay, you're crazy was my first reaction. Mm -hmm. I said, I'll think about that. And then honestly, I just felt like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do this. And the funny story was I had put in to run for state Senate. A couple months later, I noticed that Justine, who I had voted for in November, was back in there. She had put in her statement of interest. And so I picked up the phone and gave her a call. And we talked for three hours. Wow. And we just realized we were on the same page. And I said, you know what? I'm jumping over to the house. We're going to do this together. That's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So last night... You had a uh, like a medical freedom meeting, for for lack of a better term, right? Yeah. So my husband is a border patrol agent. Oh, God bless him. And just as I was fighting for my own family and our livelihood, and I was getting information and resources, and then Justine was fighting. She was receiving a lot of phone calls for from nurses and doctors and firefighters. Uh, it just naturally kind of became where she she needed help. I was fighting for my husband, so I thought all of this information that I'm getting is not getting out there. Agents were coming to him saying, the union's telling me there's nothing we can do. We need to get the jab or get fired. And I was so frustrated that nobody was getting good information. So I decided to hold two meetings. Initially, I held one in Sierra Vista first. 
And then I held one in Tucson and I saw hundreds of people that first weekend. And it was encouraging and inspiring and people actually had a starting point. With all of this, they knew that they could start putting in their exemptions, their accommodations. Uh, there are lawsuits going on for federal employees and contractors right now that I had found. Uh, so they knew where they could go sign up as plaintiffs. They are class actions. So if we can get one case to stick, it will cover everybody. Okay. So this is good. So you had, and yes. so this is what the, you were telling me off the other, this is the fourth meeting you've had. And there were uh, at least a couple of hundred people there yesterday. So it's growing. Word is getting yes. around. So it's border agents. It's, it's Raytheon workers. It's hospital workers. People have had it. Yeah. And they're looking for a place to go. And because people are listening right now saying, I had no idea. So there are lawsuits. It's in the yes. court system. There are lawyers representing these people. We just don't hear about them. No, no. The information is not out there. And that's frustrating because a lot of people, they're using fear and intimidation to push people to get this jab. And one of the stories that I like to share, it's sad, but it just kind of sums up everything. My husband, an employee that works for him at the Tucson sector station, did not want to get this jab. He is Catholic. He's very strong Catholic. He didn't want to get this specific vaccine, if you want to call it mm. that. But then he also is with the National Guard and they threatened him with court martial and that did it. He went and got his first dose after my husband begged him to stand strong and not do it and was sick, very, very sick for a few days. He missed work. When he got back, this grown man walked into my husband's office, shut the door and just broke down because he had felt vi he felt violated. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to do this, but that is how I'm meeting people like that. I met another lady in Sierra Vista on Friday that went out and got her first dose because the DOD sent an intimidating letter and she felt that she had to, that she had no choice, but she came to my meeting on Friday and she just looked defeated. You know, these are the people I'm seeing. I'm seeing people that personally know people that have passed away after getting the jab. So where I'm at with this, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. My husband and I are not. Mm -hmm. Uh, we are anti this. We're anti medical tyranny. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't, there's so much just not known about this jab, and a lot is coming out. Yes, there's a lot coming out. As time goes on. When we get back, I take a quick break. When we get back, I want to get into the legal aspects because people are going, okay, you're telling me I have a choice. What, what is the lawyer that you guys are talking to? What is this lawyer telling you to do, telling people to do? What can people do? I want you to get into that when we get back, okay? Uh, Rachel Jones is who you just listened to. She is running for state, uh, state house. Excuse me, state, you're choking me up. State house, LD10. And we have Justine Wadzak in here, state senate, LD10. They're continuing with me right here on Windows 11 Pro. All right, we're continuing. Garrett Lewis with you here on KNST. Uh, and I'm so thankful that people are getting brave. We had Dr. Dobko in the last hour. We have uh, two great ladies here, Justine Wadzak, again, running for state senate, LD10. You'd never think running for state legislature would be so damn important. People have just become awake over the past year, two years, uh, and it's and it's, it's really uh, amazing. Uh, Rachel Jones running for LD10 state house. Um, so if they can corner the LD10 market, that would be nice. So before we get to Justine again, um, just Rachel, um, 
let, let's talk about this. What what can people legally do? Because people think they have nothing. They go to the hospital. So nope, denied. The city workers, county workers, denied. I get. I mean, so many emails from Raytheon workers denied. Um, what what is? I mean, people don't think there's anything they can do. But what has the lawyer told you? What can people do? So Justine's kind of separate with the Raytheon. With the sure. federal side, what I've found there are two lawsuits. And actually, a, a Liberty Council just announced oh, yeah. another one. They they had a lawsuit for military. Okay. They just announced one for federal employees just three days ago. Okay. So the first one, it's the federal practice group. And you the, what the best way we're getting info out is through Signal. They're on Signal right now, but they're getting so big. They're going to have to move over to, I think, Discord, Telegram, and Facebook. These are all different social media. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. yeah. So they're growing. And so they have a, they are trying to get an injunction so that they can protect these employees from termination. That is their first goal okay. right now is to get that injunction. And then that just kind of hopefully will bring everything to a halt. So Liberty Council, and it's lc.org. That's not Liberty Council. That one is Federal Practice Group. They have, and I, yes, I've been in contact with one of the attorneys that's on the Signal Group, and he reached out to me the other day. He said, well, someone got on one of my other threads from the NACO Border Patrol Station and said, that attorney is looking for you. And I went, oh, I hope I'm not in trouble because I'm out here (laughs) doing all this. And he reached out and said, no, you're not in trouble. I just want to know if you want to help us more formally. Because I think from one little Facebook flyer, that was all I sent out. I am getting phone calls from everywhere across the nation, Florida, Texas, Wisconsin. I mean, it's everywhere. And I, it's amazing to see because as you, as we were saying, people feel really alone and they don't want to speak up. They're scared. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of these federal agents, they're scared to even say anything. You know, they get threatened. If you go to the press, you're going to face termination. If you go post this on social media, you're going to yeah. be in trouble. So they're scared to talk. So what's happening is people are looking around these rooms. They're looking at hundreds of other people just like them who feel the same way. And they are very encouraged right now. And it's spreading, you know, they tell their friend who tells their friend who's telling their friend in New Jersey. I mean, it's so, crazy. So should all of these members uh, of, uh, you know, I get the military, border patrol, things like that. Should they say, no, I'm not going to get the jab and then wait till something happens with this? Should they join the lawsuit? What should they do? What I'm recommending, and this is even my husband, yeah. uh, he has signed on, not the federal practice group lawsuit. There's another one going it's another group of attorneys out in D.C. It is the J.W. Howard Law Firm. They're working with the Health Defense Freedom Fund and another Davalier Law Group, I believe is what they're called. He signed on with that as a plaintiff. He heard back within a few days. Mm-hmm. They are actually only a few thousand dollars away from filing their lawsuit. They've been raising funds so I've been recommending to join. Okay. Put your put your information in. Fill out the intake forms. Where do they get that? Um, they 
honestly, they can probably just reach out to me, or if they're on Facebook, I can give the specific Facebook okay. groups. How do, how do to they reach join. out? Don't give your phone number out, but what's what's the best way for people to reach you? So I am on Facebook okay. too. That is the best way you can send me a message or just Rachel Jones or yep, Rachel, Rachel Jones, Jones in Tucson. I okay. have a personal page. I also have a political page. Okay. So they can reach me that way. That's probably the best way. Okay. And then I can pass along all the information on the different lawsuits. But also they need to get their religious and medical exemption and accommodations in. If they can do both, do both. Uh, with the Border Patrol CBP right now, they usually handle about 400 a year. Mm-hmm. They have thousands upon thousands upon thousands sitting there, and they're like deer in headlights. They don't know what to do with them. And so I've been working with an agent. <coughs> Excuse me. I have no voice after all this talking these past okay. few days. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, I'm working with the Tucson agent. She's been great. She's been helping other agents and we are telling them keep turning those forms and just inundate them because they said it could take five to 15 years to get through. What so they then they can't, I guess they can't make you say, Hey, you can't make me get this. I'm waiting to hear back for my accommodation. Right. And, that's and that. we're a little nervous that they're going to try to, because they just yesterday came out. They're trying to, because what we're seeing is they're, nobody's getting guidance from the up, you know, powers that be. And they keep moving the goalposts. They keep changing the rules as as they go. And it sounds like they're trying to do that with the accommodations right now. We're a little fearful that they might just try to do a blanket no. But that's why it's good to get your information in for these lawsuits right you can be now. part of that. So you have mm-hmm. that. Well, there's a big, big one. I talked about it in the 6 o'clock hour. United Airlines, a federal judge said, uh, temporary restraining order, you can't. You can't uh, force this COVID shot on your employees. So we we have that, and then they're going to meet today, and this this could be huge for everything. Yes. yes. So th- this is a really big thing that's going on there. Um, uh, I I, I want to get we have we're going to take our time. We have time. I want to make sure we cover everything. We have Justine right. Rachel Jones again running for state house LD ten. Justine Wadzek state senate LD ten. We're going to hear from both of you. We got Raytheon. We your hospital stuff. We have all kinds of things. That we need to get to. So stay with me. Don't go anywhere. Garrett Lewis with you. So if somebody is a Border Patrol agent, a National Guard, whatever it might be, military, federal worker, um, they don't have to go get their own lawyer just yet. They just need to join these class action lawsuits. Yes. And they can get the information by contacting you on Facebook. You could send links, go sign up. But you said, again, put in for your medical or religious or both exemptions yes that's the most important thing right now too yes absolutely so they could do that they should not feel even if they're getting threatened you got to get this jab or you're gone right. as long as you pull out the paperwork and do this you say hey i'm waiting to hear back yes okay so you don't have to worry about getting some because people are like oh man why can't some lawyer here in town pick this case up doesn't quite work that way no because what's happening is the arizona bar is threatening attorneys with disciplinary action if they take cases that have anything to do with these vaccine mandates it's and it's not just arizona it's nationwide so a bunch of ideologues a bunch of lefties on there that are doing this stuff and at the end of the day by the way i mean i mean look it's easy for me to say but you know what could they possibly do and if, if, uh, if enough lawyers actually did take up they couldn't stop it right Right. I mean, they couldn't. I hope I wish, you know, dude, lawyers are supposed to be soulless people that just do it. Right. And, and for them to be intimidated by other lawyers, 
I don't know. I just think it's weak. Yeah, well, I think, I think the attorney from, that Justine knows mentioned the CDC having something to do with the bar associations coming after the lawyers. Wow. So it goes even higher. Okay. Than that. Well, we're going to talk about all that. You stay here. We have a lot to get to. Uh, we're going to hear from Justine Wadzak, who's running for state senate, about all this uh, Raytheon hospital employees, things going on in hospitals, too, because apparently you say the tide is turning, especially a banner. We'll get to that. Don't go anywhere. It's Tucson.com. All right, Garrett Lewis with you here. We're continuing on KNST. Uh, and there's, there's a lot of good fighting back going on right now. Uh, we'll get into all of that. And I have uh, Justine Wadzak running for State Senate LD10. Rachel Jones running for State House LD10. Uh, they're, they're going for medical freedom, right? And uh, they're not even elected yet. They'd like to be elected as much as they despise being a politician. They want to be politicians because they're sick and tired of uh, of people on the left and the right screwing it up for us. And I, I totally get it, and I appreciate all the hard work they're doing. They're the ones, and again, this is me. You know, you get the chinbra out there, the state senator from LD11, Vince Leach. He's doing nothing, nothing about this. Uh, Mark Fincham, nothing about this. Most of the lawmakers doing nothing about this. Really quick, and Justine Wojcik, um my God, we're good? Okay. Um, what are some of the lawmakers that you're actually working with that are trying to make a difference here? Uh, well, I've had, I just want to thank uh, Senator Kelly Townsend. Okay. She's answered the phone every time I've called her. She actually drove down here last night, um, and she was at this meeting. She was able to speak to the people, okay. let them know that uh, there are uh, legislators who are trying to think of ways to combat this, but we have a governor that is lame. Yes, he He's is. He's not going to do anything. And then we have uh, too many Democrats that aren't going to uh, sign on to any kind of a two-thirds majority or two-thirds petition to get us into a special session. So we're, we're kind of tied. Our hands are tied at this point, which yeah. is one of the reasons why Rachel and I realized there was a need and our government isn't doing anything. We are trying to get into that government. And it was imperative that we started to bring the people together because too many of these employees between all the hospitals, Banner, Raytheon, uh, you know, the Northrop Grumman's, all the different you know, groups that are out there and your border patrol agents. Mm-hmm. Now also your police department, your yep. firefighters, Sheriff's all of these deputies, people, all these groups, all of these groups are being threatened of losing their jobs if they don't get the jab. Yeah. And uh, there was no, nobody knew where to go. Nobody knew who to call. They feel scared. They're on their own. Uh, and the worst thing is they feel lonely. They feel like there's nobody else going through what they're going through. And one of the things that we want to promote is hope. And we want to promote that we do have strength in numbers. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you, when, when Southwest Airlines did what they did, yeah. when the weather got really bad, quote unquote, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that was outstanding. And I'm, I'm part of this Raytheon Discord thread and this signal thread. And I'm, I'm able to see all these people get fired up where they wouldn't have been fired up before. And there's a large number of Raytheon employees. Hundreds and hundreds, yes. You're not alone. You're not alone. Yes. And so my biggest message is just uh, to contact me through my cell phone, through my email is a little longer because sometimes, unfortunately, Gmail also sticks it all into spam and I lose people. Mm -hmm. The best way is just to text me. Um, My text is you go. Don't, don't, don't. Uh-uh. If you go to. Brave. 
I know, right? Wow. I know. No, my information make actually. You start to twitch. I know. No, I've been through it all. I've had you know liberals call me on the phone screaming things at me. You know, in the middle of the night. And They're very just, nice know. people. Very sure, it's been great. Yeah. 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 No, the last three years have been fun. Um, but I'll tell you, it's uh, you can go to Wadsack for Arizona dot com. I have a splash page there that has my contact info. Okay. Um, or you can go to Facebook and private message me, but I'll tell you if I have all these different places where people are trying to reach me, I'll, I'll never get through. Text me. I will then text you how to get into these groups and how you can be a part of the nightly email that gets sent out by these women that are working just as hard as we are, if not harder, uh, to collect all the information from each day. And then they send out an email to everybody to say, okay, here's where we are today. And then the next day happens and everyone gets to chat and talk about what they're seeing in their sections or their departments or what they're seeing working and not working. Or people are just throwing out ideas like, this is how I'm going to f- put my questionnaire in. How are you guys going to do it? And it's, it's awesome because it's creating camaraderie. And it proves you don't need the government. No. We just need us. And there's more of us than there are of them. Yes. That's what it comes down people to. People are starting to figure it out. And having everybody off into the corners of the, you know, they were all doing things on their own and it wasn't getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Rachel and I are, are not trying to do this for any other reason than let's bring everyone together. Let's make sure that they're informed. And when the lawyers come out with the next steps, that everybody knows what that lawyer or lawyers are saying so that they can be well enough informed to, to act upon those legally. So I know you can't say the lawyer's name. No, but I don't want to. What, and it's fine. I don't blame you. Yeah. Um, but this lawyer is helping out whom? Oh, my gosh. This guy is just... He's probably, I'll just give an example. Last night, an attorney got up to speak and the room was cheering and screaming and woo. For an attorney. For an attorney. Let's be honest here, guys. (laughs) Because nobody else is coming forward to help. And you have one attorney that's standing up in the front and saying, okay, this is what I want to do. Like for Raytheon, it's very different than what the Border Patrol agents are Mm -hmm. doing. And that's why we kind of split this off. Uh, to make sure that that message is very clear. Can you say what his advice he's giving yes. for people? Okay, what is it? He wants people to file separate lawsuits. It's not like the uh, the the lawsuits that are going to be class action with okay. the Border Patrol agents or the federal government employees. He wants everybody to overwhelm the system. Oh, death by a thousand cuts. Correct. Okay. Get as many of these things filed as possible. Contact me. I will get you in touch with this lawyer. So he's going to personally help each person represent yeah. file the lawsuit. Yeah. If you want to have your um, your uh, med- your not medical but your religious exemption to be filed and you want it to be kind of cookie cutter to you mm-hmm. you don't want to have it be like everybody else's you want to have it you know fine-tuned to your own specific because really what what we were told last night and i i wrote this down um i'm going to read to you ars 23-206 okay if an employer receives notice from an employee that employees sincerely held religious beliefs practices or observances prevent the employee from taking the COVID-19 vaccination, the employer shall provide a reasonable accommodation. And it goes on. But here's the reason. Is this still law or is that part of the one the judge threw out? This, this is. But it's being challenged at the Supreme Court. It's being challenged right now. So it's still, still there. Correct. But what we were advised by the legislature through Kelly Townsend was you need to make sure that your religious exemption truly is a religious reason and that it is, is based on a sincerely held belief. Am I right, Rachel? Mm -hmm sincerely held belief you don't want to go in and say 
uh, I just, I'm religious and I don't want to have this vaccine. You know, the more information you can put in there. And she was throwing out uh, Bible verses and saying, you know, call these Bible verses out. Revelations, Corinthians. I mean, they were saying, what, what about, be specific. Yeah, what about the, 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 the most simple one? Pfizer employees came out because of Project Veritas yeah. and said they use aborted uh, fetal, fetal cells. cells. Mm-hmm. To make this, which if you're against abortion, you have a sincerely held religious belief against yes. abortion. But they I mean, well, they, are they going to say, well, then go take the Moderna, go take the Johnson and Johnson? Like, here's the thing. I don't trust if any of them coming out. They all tried to hide it. Well, here's the thing about Moderna and Johnson and Johnson and all of them. Either they contain aborted fetal cells or they use the aborted fetal cells in their testing. So they still involve aborted okay. fetal cells. All of them do. Mm-hmm. So um, it doesn't matter. They can't push you into a direction of taking a different style jab than the other. They're all to blame. Okay. And yes, I, I can't thank Project Veritas enough because when that came out, it was, there we go. That's our ver- mm-hmm. that's our validation for these yeah. religious exemptions. Yeah, exactly. Um, so if you are a city or county worker, are you more in uh, Rachel Jones's corner or are you more in your corner? Do they have anything? Hmm. Uh, I know the it's city, Arizona by statute. So. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to repeat that. Um, I'm going to repeat that because somebody just texted me. It's ARS 23-206. It is the religious exemption. Hmm. Um, and they don't law. care though. I mean, I had a police officer text me. I sent me an email yesterday. He said that they already told me I'm going to be suspended five days because I'm not doing it. So here's the problem with the city and the county is that you mentioned this earlier on your show this morning, um, that, you know, we've, we have these rules in place. Uh, the attorney general warned Rahina Romero and she's breaking those agreements, those mm-hmm. laws, and nobody's arresting her. Yep. Do see so backing down. <laughs> it's what are we, there's nothing that we can do at this point. We need, that's where we've got to have our elected officials step in because yeah. it's now a matter of we have elected, we have a mayor that's breaking the law. Yep. And, and what, what um, Justine is referring to is, and good for you for listening in the 6 a.m. hour. Oh, you're um, welcome. <laughs> Ron DeSantis followed through. He, they made it a law in Florida that if any government, any, it could be a city, a county, town, whatever, if they mandate COVID shots and you have to get it to keep your job, you will be fined. And Leon County in Florida fined $3.57 million because they made their employees get the COVID shot and prove that they have it. And he said, you know what? I'm going to fine you. And so he put his money where his mouth is versus Deuce who said, you're going to go to jail for 30 days if you're an official that makes, and any government official makes people get a COVID shot to keep their job. You're going to jail 30 days. And then he chickened out. Could have thrown Regina right in jail. It would have been a hell of a scene. I would have loved it. We all would have loved it. Um, we have more. I got to get more. We're going to talk about what the lawyer yeah, yeah. also said. Just stay with me. We'll do more. We'll come up about nine oh five, uh, including what's going on at Banner, yes, and the hospitals. Because this is all big stuff. We have time. We're going to get to it. You don't get this anywhere else. Morning ritual, Garrett Lewis, right here. Promotions dot com. All right, nine oh seven. It is your morning ritual, Garrett Lewis, with you here on KNST AM seven ninety Tucson's most stimulating talk. A quick three things that I think you need to know. Brought to you by Strumbel Plumbing, Air, and Solar. Number one. Uh, Biden, uh, well, his uh, his liar in chief, Pasaki bomb. She let she let the uh, the quiet part come out loud. She said it out loud. She said that uh, Biden wants to exploit the China virus, right? She wants to exploit the China virus, uh, or he wants to exploit the China virus to fundamentally change the American economy. Use the China virus to get money to pay for free uh, health care, free daycare. 
free college for illegal immigrants, all this stuff. Grow the government, get you hooked on it. That's that's what that's what he wants to do. That's she admitted it. We played the soundbite earlier in the show. It's everywhere. Second thing I think you need to know, United Airlines, a federal judge has stepped in and said, All right, and Trump appointee, by the way, all right, temporary restraining order, you can't make your employees get the COVID shot. Can't force it on them. Not yet. They're gonna have another six hour hearing today and this could have major implications on every single COVID shot uh, mandate from companies across the country. It'd be huge. Third thing I think you need to know, um, a Southwest Airlines insider spoke exclusively to PJ Media, confirming, yes, it wasn't the weather. It was a complete coordinated protest to have the 2,000 flights canceled. Night weather. <clears throat> weather. Again, three and a half trillion to zero. Great weather equals horrible weather. You know, ground the, ground the planes. He said on top of that, uh, it's all about fighting back again, or he or she, the whistleblower, it's all about getting back against the mandatory vaccines ordered by Biden. According to protest, this whistleblower said uh, it's not pilots, it's everyone, it's ground crew, it's flight attendants, it's the, the gate agents, it's everybody, and said that there's 22 other airlines, along with truckers, transportation employees, all represented in their ranks, all involved on social media accounts, speaking to each other secretly, more disruptions are coming. That's phenomenal. Three things I think you need to know. I had to throw that in there. I'm still sitting here with some uh, some great people, and uh, and of course Michael <laughs> filling in for Ryan. Yeah, what is that? Yeah, bang, <laughs> bang. Just making sure you're paying attention there, buddy. Um, uh, you could file the complaint with a. This is an HR free zone. That's what I was told one time by somebody. Don't quote me on that. It could be fake news. So, um, I have Justine Wojcik running for state senate in the studio. I have uh, Rachel Jones running for uh, state house, both in LD10, in the studio. And they are like uh, medical freedom fighters. Again, they had a meeting last night. A couple hundred people show up. It's growing by leaps and bounds. Uh, Federal workers, Border Patrol agents, uh, hospital workers, you name it. Uh, Raytheon workers, they're all, all piling in, all trying to figure out what to do. There was an attorney there giving great advice. Um, this is real. This is really good stuff. Let's talk. Uh, well, is there anything else that the attorney said that people should do besides he said everybody at, at what hospitals and Raytheon, they should all file individual lawsuits? Is he, is he giving that advice for everybody or just Raytheon work? <clears throat> not, not everybody needs to file a lawsuit. Um, but I, I think that with Raytheon at this point, yeah. it's probably a good idea that you contact him and find out if your story matches what they're trying to sue for at mm-hmm. this point. Um, for Banner, they had a deadline of of October 1st yeah. where they had to turn in their religious exemptions. And there were a lot of great resources between American Frontline Doctors. We had some people within, um, uh, what's her name, Cynthia? What was the name of the lady last night? So there was another woman that was helping with it. Uh, Julie Wentz was helping with it. We've had several hands uh, in in the mix of getting sort of the right package put together. And that was done through azstandsup.org. They were able to pull down all the documents themselves, print them out, change the information, personalize it, and submit. And what I liked about that package was that it not only provided the religious exemption, and it's the one I showed you that we submitted for my husband. Mm -hmm. Um, It was literally, uh, it it shows, here's the reason why this is a a religious exemption. I do not agree with the aborted fetal fetal cells or the testing within the other Moderna and and Johnson Johnson and all the rest. 
And and then on top of it, it also put all of the people at Banner or whatever hospital that they were submitting to on notice, stating, you know, you don't have a right to to do to insist that I get this vaccine. So it put them on notice and kind put of put Banner your door. Notice. Yeah, put them on notice saying my foot's in the door now. I'm going to leave this door open. You have to you have to accept my religious exemption. And if you fire me, I'm going to sue you. I'm going to sue all of you personally. You see, and, and so that's, that, that's what those, that's what that meant what, by filling it out that way. A notice. You have to put the companies on notice because they do not have a right to. Do, do people for, forgive me for being so stupid? But I'm just a talk show host. Mm-hmm. Were people literally saying, "I will sue you if you don't accept this"? They, they, right there. They, that's what the implied. notice implies. Okay, that's what mm-hmm. it implies. Just yeah. making sure. Yeah, so because what it is says it. is that we will hold you, CEO of Banner. Yeah. We will hold you legally responsible if if something happens to me, if I lose my job or if anything happens. But we all have to remember that the Nuremberg Code existed for a reason. Mm-hmm. And um, something that was brought up again last night that just you forget to say, and it was very important, all of these people that went along with with the reason why we have the Nuremberg, everybody that went along with it and said, I was just following orders. I was just doing what I was told. They also got hung. I'll just leave it at that. They also got yep, hung. Yep. So all of these medical directors and these hospital administrators and these HR people that are forcing this mm-hmm. on their staff and their, their workers, they're just as guilty as Biden for, for putting this out there. So then may, hopefully their lives will be ruined as well since they keep going with this. That's why it's important. And they will get sued and, and, yes, and everything that happens. Yeah, put them on notice. And, so, and I'll so, tell you, yeah. it is affecting the hospitals in a very bad way. And, and I spoke at length with Dr. Dopko about this last weekend. Um, we, are, we are seeing serious issues with our hospitals. They're not able to take care of the patients properly. No. Um, I've, I have phone calls from people every day that are dying. And they shouldn't be dying. And I thought it was bad in 2020. I told you my mother went to the hospital. She had sepsis. Mm-hmm. And they kept putting off her surgery that was a simple surgery for her leg. But instead of giving her the surgery, they couldn't because it was due to COVID. We're not having elective surgeries, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And so they let my mom die. They let her die of sepsis because they were prioritizing this COVID belief. Mm -hmm. And um, I I didn't understand that that we were allowed to pick and choose who dies and who lives. But we're here. Those are the death panels. So uh, I knew listening to Justine Wadzak running for state Senate LD10 on KNST. The the hospitals, how long have you been directing or people have been directed to give these kinds of reasons, religious exemptions, it's been going on for two weeks, three weeks, a week. It's been going on for months, actually. So again, so okay, what are the, what are the results? Is, so, there, is, is Banner bending? Are they realizing we are, or or are they just we don't care? We're gonna go down with this shit. No, actually, uh, the Banner religious exemptions so far are sticking pretty well. We're not getting pushback from the administrators. Okay. Um, but I'll tell you, uh, we just don't know what's going to come around the corner. I mean, we've, we've all learned between 2020 and 21 that you think you just hit that milestone and you're done. We're like, yeah, we got through that. And then all of a sudden something else happens. Yep. We keep and they keep the hitting us. Yep. And I call it shock and awe. They're, they're trying to hit us rapid, 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 you know, to, to wear us down, to bring us to our knees so that we'll finally put our hands over our head and say, stop. I can't do this anymore. Fine, I'll get the jab. But what they don't realize is that the American spirit is not going to allow that to happen. And then you start bringing people together like we are, like Rachel and I have been. Mm-hmm. 
When you start bringing people together, they start realizing I'm not alone. And you know what? I'm not going to take it because then they read something that someone else says, like, I'm an American and I'm not going to take it. And Mm -hmm. then someone else goes, you're right. I'm not either. And then it starts this infectious uh, American spirit that is has been missing. It's been missing. Yep, it, it has been missing. So so Banner. Are they allowing more people to get it? Or are they just kind of holding off and not ruling on it yet? They have not said anything. I mean, I haven't heard. That's what's so strange about Banner yeah. is they've just literally, they've received these. Yeah, wasn't it Banner that said, okay, you, I thought I saw a thing a couple of weeks ago. They said October 1st, the deadline. You haven't done yep. it. October 14th, you're out. Yeah. October 15th, you're out. Yeah. And we haven't heard anything about that, have we? No. It's been silent because I think what's mm-hmm. happening is if, if Banner's CEO and their, their administrators are smart, and I'm sure that they are, they need to see that they'll lose so much staff. They'll lose the confidence of the people. Right now, they're on top. They're the hospital to go to. They're the safe place to be where people are actually coming out of Banner. They actually are surviving from there. They're not surviving from Oro Valley. They're not surviving from Northwest. I know. I've spoken to you about my friend Marina um, and others who have passed away because of neglect and abuse within their hospital system. So people are they're hoping to get into Banner and Banner's saying they're full, quote yep. unquote, um, but they're not full. They're just, they're, everybody's understaffed. They're just yeah. You know? So, okay, we'll get back. Because, and I want you to bring this up. I was shocked. I didn't realize this. You told me that it was at Banner, a high number of employees walked down in one day. That was at TMC. Oh, TMC. Okay, hang on. Mm-hmm. We'll get that when we come back. We're going to also hear more again from not just Justine, but also uh, Rachel Jones, who's running for State House LD10. We need these fighters. Need these fighters in there. Uh, it's exactly what we need. We'll continue. Do not go anywhere. It is in Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Nine twenty one, Garrett Lewis with you right here. KNSTAM seven ninety Tucson's most stimulating talk. Rachel Jones running for state house. LD10, you don't have a Republican primary challenger, do you? Or is it just you? Or is there another person? Yeah, so Bob Dosey is running for the other House seat. Okay. And he's been awesome. He has come... So it's not a challenger. It's one of these random, weird, dual seat Yeah, you can vote for two um, in the House. So Bob is... Just like us, He he's on the same page. He was actually at the meeting last night okay. helping. and Okay. Yeah, he so was awesome. So that's good. Yeah. And, okay, and we'll get to your challenger, primary challenger, in, in, <laughs> in, a, in a second. That disaster. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and, and I'm getting, I'm getting uh, stuff about, really quick, before TMC, about Banner. So, Banner, you had, to have, you had to have your medical or religious exemption in if you worked at Banner by October 1st. But then you had to have uh, either be fully vaccinated or an approved exemption by November 1st. <clears throat> so I guess they still might fire people come November 14th or something yeah. like that. Even, even though they're so short staffed. Yeah. And again, we talked about it with Dr. Dobko, talked about it yesterday. Again, Pima County saying there's only five ICU beds available. And it's not because of COVID. And it's it, only 22% of the ICU beds in Pima County are for COVID patients. And who knows if they're even there for COVID. Um, it's just that there's no workers to actually staff them. And, and a matter of fact, speaking of Banner, I got this information. Now, I don't know what this stuff, I'm not a nurse, I'm not a doctor. Uh, all I know is it's, it's, not, it's not good. There's like code purple and code black. I remember I had a surgeon call in last March when all this stuff was going down, and he was a, I want to say he was at TMC, 
Could have been Banner, one of the two. Anyway, he said we were at Code Purple for flu last year. It just meant we couldn't admit anybody except for flu patients. It's just it's what we do every single year, and they're freaking out about this other stuff. Um, but apparently, uh, a, 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 this person sent me a message. A Banner employee said the ICUs are at capacity physically. They're on Code Purple Phase 3 with 12 ICU patients in the ER, only one step away from Code Black. Yet again, only 22 of the 86 patients in the ICUs are COVID. Some have been there for weeks. The ICUs uh, in the emergency department are not COVID. So it's very few COVID, very little COVID. Correct. It's just that there's not enough staff. <clears throat> Apparently, they just, they're just they stuck in the ICU also because they can't even release them to regular things because it's not just they're missing ICU nurses. They're missing nurses overall at Banner. Like, this is a, this is a big deal. Um, so that's the mess that's going on there at Banner. Now, TMC, which is a complete disaster, and Judy Rich is a complete disaster. They're having a shakeup, kind of, uh, there. Talk, I didn't realize this. What happened? They, there was one day where a whole bunch of people walked out? No, they were fired. Oh, they were fired? Yeah. Oh, lovely. So yeah, what, what they're happened? Yeah, they're doing this to the employees. The and you employees said it was are leaving. 70? It was an estimated 70. 70 nurses? Yes. So they're willing to pay travel nurses at TMC 110 bucks an hour, yes. which comes out to, if, and they're not going to be there for 52 weeks a year, but if they were, it's 228000 bucks. Yeah. So they're willing to pay these travel nurses who, I don't know if they're as qualified or not, but they're not familiar with the hospital, with the surroundings, with the community. Um, but they're willing to pay them to come in because I guess they got the jab. They got the COVID shot. But they fired about 70 nurses in one day at TMC. <laughs> I'm just going to start asking, when are all the nurses and doctors going to quit and then just go become travel nurses and doctors elsewhere? Yeah. And you're going to start seeing people say, wait a minute. And, and Dr. Dopko was 100% spot on. Why would you work for $35 an hour when you could work for $110 an hour yeah. as a travel nurse? Um, you know, my husband's done travel PT. There is more money in that. You're not home very much. But in these days right now, it's, you know, where can you work to pay the bills? Yeah. And uh, not all other hospitals are requiring the COVID shots, you know. So there are play- there are ways to beat this system. Um, and if the hospitals aren't careful, they're just going to start losing people because, mm-hmm. again, we're losing the faith in the system. Well, so, so about 70 nurses are canned in one day. Mm-hmm. When, when did this happen at TMC? So this is my understanding okay. is that the hospital said that you have to have your COVID shot. And um, they said no, and they were fired. Now, I don't know what the details are on that. Um, I don't know why they wouldn't fight it and just submit a medical exemption or yeah. a, a religious exemption. But after talking to some people last night that are in the medical field at the event that we had, um, there are many of them that have just said, you know what, I don't want to work for that company anymore. Um, you know, I'm sure that there are going to people be people at Raytheon that, that are going to say, I don't care. I'm quitting. I'm giving up on this company because they've given up on me. Mm-hmm. The, there's loyalty. When I have a job, I am loyal to that company, that entity, and I want to do a good job for them. But if they're going to try to pressure me to do something against my will, I no longer have loyalty and I will leave. And so that's that I think is what's happening. And they're starting to find um, they're moving like water, if you will. You know, remember, mm-hmm. it's it's you have to move like water. And and if you find a barrier, it's go around that barrier and find a way to keep moving. So, I mean, there there are a lot of people that have quit or been fired. Yes. I mean, I'm assuming with the 70 nurses, about 70 that got fired from TMC, 
that they'd be hurting, right? They'd be hurting for staffing. I was told this because I wanted to send patients to TMC because a local doctor told me that TMC was more open to COVID treatment. And so I was trying to move some patients to TMC, and that's when I was told by internal staff, look, we just we lost be, 70. So we can't take anybody. We're we full. can't take anybody. So TMC was full. putting the, the stop hand up at, at us, and so we had to, again, find another hospital. But then I had a patient uh. Uh, recently pass away because she was waiting from Northwestern to get to Banner for surgery, and Banner couldn't accept her because they're, quote-unquote, full. Which just means they're short-staffed. Which means they're short-staffed because they're, you know, it's all relative. You know, if you had 850 beds last year that was, and those were full, that's, that's an issue. Yeah. But if you're going to say that 3,350 beds this year is full, where's all the other beds? Mm-hmm. Is it just you don't have enough staff yeah. to manage the people that are with their, as they say, butts in their beds? All right, when we get back, uh, I want to f- hear from both of you. Uh, you're listening to Justine Watzak running for State Senate, LD10. We have Rachel Jones, State House, LD10. Um, what you would do if you were lawmakers right now? How would you handle this situation? How would you try to resolve it? What, what measures would, would, you, would you go to to try to bring attention and, and do this stuff? Because I don't see enough. I see Kelly Townsend. I don't really see anything else. You know, I don't, I don't see anybody else. Um, I, I, I want to get your takes on this because people want to know who they're going to vote for. And maybe it'll help people want to support you and help you and knock on doors and just organize. Even knocking on doors doesn't even work as much. We were talking about this. It's just getting in front of giant groups. Like yes. We'll talk about that coming back. Don't 100%. go anywhere, okay? It is. I know, I know. Listen, this is not supposed to be here. The show is not over. We have much. We have met. We have. We have a lot of time left. Not too much. We'll play this again when the show is uh, getting toward uh, uh, being over. This is why I give Michael a hard time. And this is why Michael's like, I'm not coming back tomorrow. That's that's just uh, that's just how it is. And that's okay. That dumped. Um, Garrett Lewis with you here. It is KNST AM seven ninety, Tucson's most stimulating talk. I want to. Uh, I want to hear because people. You know, I was talking on the phone yesterday actually with with Justine. Justine Wadzak in here. Rachel Jones as well. Both running for state Senate, state House, LD ten. Um, it's a different world, uh, and it's a different world for a lot of things, right? People. It's not just that they want to hear. You know, some random ideas. They want to hear what you're going to do now. They want they want action. They want, all right, I want to see, I want to measure you by what you've done and what you've said. Like, that's what it is. So, okay, let's, let's start with Rachel, right? Let's start with Rachel. Don't, don't worry about that. Tell them to hang on. So, um, Rachel, Rachel Jones running for State House LD10. If you are a state lawmaker right now, because it's not in session. Deucey's lame. He's horrible. He's a, he's a sellout. He's just, he's literally worthless. Uh, hopefully we get a good co- governor like like a Carrie Lake that would actually probably call the session back in yes. and say let's let's do this let's figure this out she's actually called for this. Um, if you were a state lawmaker, because really none except for Kelly Townsend are doing anything about it, what would you do right now to draw attention to try to solve this problem? Well, obviously the biggest thing that is going on is people's civil rights are being completely stomped on mm-hmm. right now. And I think, for example, if you go to the parental rights um, statutes, yep. they they just don't have quite enough teeth. I think some of these statutes we have currently, they need more teeth in them so that they actually protect people. And I think, yes, we need a special session. Yesterday, we need one for all of this medical tyranny that's going on. Um, quite honestly, in the state of Arizona, we need one for what's going on at the border. If the federal government isn't going to protect 
Arizona citizens mm-hmm. from this just invasion at the border. We we need our state lawmakers to step in. We need a governor that's going to step in and protect us. And so I think we have to come up with legislation with teeth that actually is going to be helpful to us as like citizens. cause harm and penalties of people. Yes, like, you know, pay, absolutely. Well, yeah, principals get locked up. Teachers get locked up. Superintendents get locked up. Like that's yes. you get fines. You get locked like that. You can't mess with people's kids. You just yes. can't do that. And patients' rights too. I mean, people right. get. I I feel like I was talking to my wife. I'm like, I never thought. Like I said, if I ever get something and I'm in the hospital. Maybe I get the China virus. Who knows? If I had it, who knows? And it's not looking good. They're not doing what I want. I said, I'm, I'm barreling in there. I'm taking right. you out. I hope you do the same for me. I, I'll call, I'll call police officers and sheriff's deputies. I know they can come on in. You know, leave me the hell alone. Like, what are you, what are you going to stop me? What are you going to call the police? Go ahead. Right. Go ahead. Call the police. Yep. Um, I, you know, I just look at this too. Like, you're not even an elected lawmaker yet, and you're already holding meetings and organizing and giving people hope and saying, I'm talking to people. We have ideas. I don't see any other lawmakers that are currently elected doing this. And you, Rachel Jones, and Justine Watson, you're already doing this. All right, so could we expect more from you, ladies? Oh, yeah. Oh, like, oh, yeah. This Abs- is what needs to happen. Nobody, Absolutely. Like, I look at Vince Leach, and he doesn't fight. There's no fight. Yeah. You know, they're all talk, and they're no And he's not even talk. Fincham's all talk, and there's no action. There's just, it's just not there. Yeah. Well, and I think they forget. A lot of these lawmakers are just a little too salty. Mm-hmm. They get, they, they forget... You know, you're supposed to be representing we the people. Yeah. The people right now are hurting and scared, and there's a lot going on. And, you know, I will, to give credit where credit's due, due, Gail Griffin did come to our first Tucson meeting. She came and made an appearance, and I think it had an effect on her. I think when you've been in so long, you're sitting, you know, up there in Phoenix. Was you, she wearing her bingo hat? You forget. No. Sorry, it's me. Just you, but, but she did come. So she and came I, once. I, and then she that was came it. Once, and there's nothing else and that she has done. And that was it. And other folks had more important things like parades and things like that. And, and that's where you realize they, they lose sight of what, why are they there? Yeah. Why are you there? Well, You're a representative of the people. And I got to be honest, they think not to cut you off. I apologize. Uh, nope. And we'll do more on this on the other side. I want to get Justine's take on it too, and, and we'll talk about her opponent because she's got some issues. Um, but you know, they think these old politicians. They think like a rotary. They, they think like a rotary phone. Like they think going to a parade and waving is what's going to work. Yet you had your fourth medical freedom meeting, and there were several hundred people there, and they're going to go back and they're going to tell their friends. And they're going to tell their friends and they're going to listen to this show. and They're going to tell their friends. And it has a much greater impact than just waving while you're riding on a horse somewhere or walking down. That just doesn't work like they're going to. And then, you know what? On top of that, you're going to connect with them and they're they're going to fight for you. Yes. And that's and, and these 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 dinosaurs, these fossils that are current lawmakers, they don't get it. Like that's the old way of doing it. Trump changed everything. People expect results now. We are a results driven society. Um, when we get back, we'll have more. Yeah. All right. Uh, Rachel Jones, Justine Wadzak. Don't go anywhere. It is. Dot com. So uh, I have a couple of ladies in the studio today, and I'm a brave enough man to say this, and it's true, and they will back me up on this. The whole, I don't want anything for Christmas or Hanukkah. I just I just need your love. I mean, you can, like rub my feet one day or just, you know, cook me dinner or something like that. That that would that would be it. And that is the biggest friggin' trap ever. That is garbage because then they're going to get with their little girlfriends. And the girlfriends go, look what my husband got for me. He went to Ambassador Diamond Jewelers. What did your husband get for you? 
you know, I told him I didn't want anything, and he actually believed me. And he was a scumbag, and I should leave him. So that don't don't let that happen. Don't let that happen. Ambassador Diamond Jewelers, they have their new fall fashion line in. Instead of being the guy that gets made fun of, and all the women are going to hate you, and then you're, you're just going to be on the couch for a while, and but I listen to you, and they're going to go, don't you know not to listen to me? Don't you know when I say something, it doesn't mean that? And it, it's all confusing. It gets all confusing. Ambassador Diamond Jewelers, graduate gemologist, will be your family jewelry store. You go there, they'll walk, even though they're like, I don't even know what to get her. They will walk you through everything. You'll have confidence in getting beautiful jewelry, great prices. You'll, that's where you're going to go back again and again and again. New fall, a fall fashion line in, new line of engagement rings if you want to go make that decision. They have it all for you. Ambassador Diamond Jewelers. Corner of Speedway and Swan, 327-8800, ambassadordiamonds.com. It's true. You know I'm right. You know I'm right. You're 100% right. Exactly. <laughs> Gary Lewis with you here. On and KNST. no toasters, please. Yeah, Nothing well, like the that. whole no blender vacuums. and iron. Yeah, no. But, I mean, doesn't it come naturally to you to... D- anyway, I'm just kidding. No! <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, I know, I know, I know, I know. You wonder how my wife does it, right? Right. She plugs it in and, she's, uh, and she vacuums. That's how she... Anyway. No, we all we all want the robots now. I know. No, I have teenagers. Generation there you go. Generation of grown. women are now getting lazy. They don't want to iron, they don't want to cook. Yeah. I have to do it all. It's just it's uh it's she's the luckiest woman on the planet. It's it's <laughs> she's not listening right now. And then people are gonna call her and text her right now. Oh my god. He's Stop selling about it. You. Yeah, every damn time. <laughs> every damn time. And no privacy. Um Justine Wadzak running for state senate, uh L D ten. Rachel Jones Boulevard. All right, we're out of time. We'll talk to you tomorrow.